0: So hey guys, welcome to the Live, of Play podcast. Uh, today, uh, we have Jody Kennedy. Jody Kennedy was on a show previously, years ago. Actually, it was a completely different show, it wasn't even the show, um, but same people. Uh, and today, we're gonna kinda delve into a little bit about breathing, well, a little bit, but about breathing training and the benefits and what we kinda, what, what we need to be doing more so. So uh, Jody, my man, thank you very much for being on the show. Great right to be here. So, dude, firstly, um, how has, obviously we're in the pandemic, <clears throat> how, has the, uh, how has it affected you uh, and what kind of positives have you taken? Because what I've been asking anyone that I speak to is what's the positives they've taken out of the pandemic? Because it's very easy for everyone to focus on the negative like we can't go out it works like people are losing jobs we like my gym's not open that type of thing like for you what have you seen in the last 12 months and what what are the positives that you're able to take away for you
1: yeah i think like i can cannot... speak obviously for myself personally but i'm sure a lot of people will see things like in a similar light but um it's all about how you look at things because yes it's negative like for me maybe a lot of work slowed down um, and there was that initial panic obviously of what the hell is going on you know the the unknown of us all stepping into the unknown like collectively but i think in one way this whole thing has given us a pause that we all needed you know as a as a society as a race you know as a global like species and um, I think we were all just on this trundling fucking hamster wheel, you know, charging forward. Um, and I know for me personally, I was I was running so fast that I I didn't have time to stop and think, you know. Yeah. So this whole thing has just given a a welcome pause in a lot of ways to kind of stop and to reconsider things and even though it's been forced on us, you know, if there's a positive that we can take from it, it's to take that time and reconsider. And like, there's a lot of things that I've changed now, you know, as yeah. a, like, like I'm looking back at the way I was living my life before and just the pace that I was living life at and the, the way that I was working and just running from place to place and, you know, you know, just, just madness. Like, and everyone yeah. was, was kind of doing the same thing. And um, I know people in my line of work and your line of work, are probably um, doing that more so, you know, where we're just like charging around We're working mad hours. We're just, you know, you're trying to pay the bills and get things done and like push on and rise up. Um, and I look back at that now and I'm like, Whoa, Jesus. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I could go back to yeah. living at that pace that, that I was living at before, you know, and I would have considered, myself to be like you know uh like living in a harmonious way and like in some regards like you know um, and i
0: would would consider you that way Uh, like just from from i've known you for for years now and then just based off your kind of social media and again your social media tends to post how you want to live how you (laughs) want to be living um but i definitely relate to the hustle and bustle I'd be in work early I'd be going home late and I'd stay around I'd be micromanaging everything I could and very and the one thing that I realized is like I don't need to be at FSM in the office all those hours of the day the gym doesn't burn down when I leave the guys that I have put in place are good and then even Mm -hmm. just there was one thing that I noticed the most is being home in the mornings, I like could still get up and do stuff and I do check emails and do all that from home. But by the time my son got up, I had an hour and a half of work done. Yeah, I felt good. I'd done some stretching. By the time he got up, I was able to spend, I got an extra hour with him every day, mm. which I wasn't getting because I'd get up and just go straight to work. Uh, and then coming home, like I made a mission that I have to be home before five o'clock in the evening which is for, you know, from like as a gym owner or uh, uh, working in the fitness industry, that doesn't yeah. really happen a lot. Uh, and even that, it was, it was like you say, you're on the hamster wheel, you're just going and going and going and going. And, and then you kind of realize you don't have to, you're going nowhere. yeah, You're racing for everything, but you're actually not really moving forward. Yeah. and yeah the pandemic I suppose like you said was you're able to sit back and reflect and go well what's really important now and how can I live a better lifestyle and and you, you I suppose you got to you got to step back and look you were outside the frame looking at the picture going what was I doing but when you're in that situation you didn't know yeah you you didn't know it was you were racing and going from job to job and just doing all those things because that was just life for you at the time and for, for everyone at the time, I suppose, yeah.
1: Yeah, and everyone's just, the, the pace of life has slowed down. I think, like, for a lot of people, like, this is, you can frame it as a positive thing, but I think at the same time, um, if you're in a different position or if there's, like, if there's stuff in your life that maybe you're not ready to look at and a lot of people have been forced to, like, just sit with themselves now and maybe sit with their partners or sit with their housemates and all of a sudden it's hard to, to distract yourself from that stuff now, you know? So I think we're going to see, obviously a lot of people are maybe having trouble as well with, with, and like, there's no support there. Like there's, there's not a lot of support. It's harder to get to see therapists. It's harder to get to your gym, your places that, you know, you use to, to help with this stuff um and you know it's a good thing because we're all being forced to sit with it now and we're all being forced to look at our own shit you know um, and reconsider things and that's difficult you know that's a hard thing to do yeah i think ultimately it's a positive thing and i think this might sound a little woo woo now but i'm like i've been thinking for the last couple of years that like humanity as a whole is going kind of on this precipice of a greater awakening or a a general rise in consciousness you know i think like people are getting more educated people are starting to look deeper into themselves i think as a society despite like people painting things out in a pessimistic way like people would have you believe that everything's fucked we're all like you know but in general i think everything is getting better you know there's less murders happening there's less um Poverty, all, like quality of life is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Education is on the rise. I think in general, despite there are problems with with society as a whole, but I think in general, if we look at a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago, like we're in such a better place now than we were then, and I yeah. think this might be the thing that you know just pushes us over the edge. You know, because I think it all starts with with the individual and how we deal with our own stuff and how we project that out into the world and that dictates how our relationships happen and that creates these bubbles of, you know, different ways of thinking. So yeah, I think in a positive light, I'm trying to be optimistic about this, that this could be the thing that pushes us, you know, just a little bit further as a species, you know, in terms of our own development.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I, the reason why I, I agree, well, I, I agree with you, but like a few things when you're saying that, a few things popped in my head is that like, and we're obviously we going to be touching on breeding stuff. And, but like, obviously we've seen the, the massive rise in sea swimming and Wim Hof method. Yeah. Now I'm going to use my own family, personal family. At Christmas, I was given the Wim Hof book. You should read this book. You should try this stuff. And I'm sitting there at the kitchen table, dinner going. I've been telling you about this for four years. I've been doing this. <laughs> yeah. I like, Yeah, I do these cold shower things. Have you tried cold showers? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I kind of just kind of go, I'm not, I just kind of. Now that sounds like a great idea. But even my own family, like my brother's like, have you done the horse dances? That's amazing. I was like. It, it, it does. It does. It do like it make you feel better. He goes, yeah, yeah. And I got three. He even has his uh, five year old doing thirty second cold showers and yes. all this. And it's a whole whole household does cold showers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So even them would be more kind of conservative. As in, like you, you work. You, you, you go to your doctor. You go to your dentist. You, you do your 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 what's it nuclear family? I suppose you call it. And now they're all reaching out into all the like becoming more aware of their health, but not having to rely on a doctor or a pill or they're, they're feeling better by spending 20 minutes breathing or having a cold shower or going for a dip. Like my brother, I remember on my wedding day, my brother wouldn't get in to the water. This is in August last year because he read that you could have a heart attack from cold exposure shock. And that he was 40 and he didn't want to risk it. And I'm like, dude, it's August. Like, just jump in. Like, it's it's fine. Now he gets in regularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something he does all the time. And I, like, I remind him of that. He tends to say he never said those things. but he, yeah. I, was,
1: yeah. um, I had a similar experience. Like, my, my own father, he's like 70, just torn 70, 71 now uh, at the end of April. Yeah. And he said to me last week, I've been doing there." Uh, 'Cause my all my, my brothers will be kinda into this stuff, you know, yeah. and like we'd be talking and we'd be talking about it, like yourself for years, you know. And we <laughs> dad turned around and said, I've been doing a five minute cold shower now every day, you know. And I was like, oh, I feel great, I just feel great. I can't if I get up now and I don't have me cold shower, like I don't feel awake and I don't feel as, mm. as revitalized and blah, blah. And like, Oh, that's deadly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally been like, you know, <laughs> well, you can take the horse to the water, but you can't make it yeah. drink, you know, this way. But, um, through just doing it and practicing and this thing becomes a zeitgeist thing. like the sea swimming is a great analogy. It's that people are doing it because now we've been stopped. Yeah. Don't have all the distractions. Like you can't go to, your fancy gym or you can't go to all these other places so what have you got left to do go for a walk go to the beach maybe oh the swim that's something different and they get yeah. in and, and he, it's
0: even one of my mates things, you know one of my mates who works for a bank he was uh he's a 2 hour commute every day or 4 hour commute 2 hours out 2 hours back and he's like a 4 hours a day i don't know what to be doing with him like yeah. so he's running more and he's he's doing the cold shower stuff and he he's reading more and he's like I was like it's a, it's amazing how like as a, if the pandemic didn't happen you would have just charged into your 40s and 50s doing those things now he works from home he loves working from home uh he's going like once every two weeks to the office just to meet up with the management and stuff like that and he, I think that the whole thing is that you can you can have the life you want without working yourself to death um, and taking that step back. And I think a lot of people with the pandemic has probably allowed them to start seeing that. Now the problem, the question would be is that when things go back to normal, eventually what everyone just go back to the rat race. I'd oh. like to believe I won't, yeah. but I suppose it probably could be easy to get caught up in it. Mm -hmm. again if it gets starts chugging along
1: yeah it definitely it definitely could be and i think for maybe the likes of me and you where we're living like a little bit of a different lifestyle to the average individual i mean we're not going into an office or we're not going to a place to do like a nine to five Mm -hmm. or a certain amount of hours every day that we can maybe hold on to more of this and when things do return to normal but yeah it will be interesting to see how that affects, you know, offices, I don't know if, if we're ever going to see like office work go back to nine to five every day, five yeah. days a week, because even the even the, the people that run these corporations now and these, these businesses are seeing the benefit of actually having people at home. I mean, in a lot of ways some of these corporations are squeezing more blood out of the stone than they ever have. They're making more money than they've ever made. They don't have the expenses of running the office. They don't have the management problems that they have, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think they might actually want to keep people at home, you know, um, now whether people want to stay at home, I don't know, because you think about the social interactions that people have in the office, even if you, even if you hate the people in the office, you know, it's like these small social interactions that we have every day are so, so important. Even if you think like that, they're not, and this is the problem with this, it's all subtle stuff, you know? Mm. that we need to be engaging with people, and I think when we go back, we're gonna see a lot of agoraphobia, and we're gonna see a lot of anxiety, like we're seeing all of this already. I think it's gonna be difficult for people just to, like if they said tomorrow, okay, everything's back to normal, out you go, and you got dropped into a group of 100 people, in a room, like you'd be kind of like, whoa, this is a bit mad, you know? I, so I think,
0: I think yeah, there's positives
1: and negatives to it, you know? And, and hopefully everyone can twist it and, and make it work for themselves in some way, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's the hitting the nail on the head is the making it work for you. Um, I, do, I do think that like the work social aspect is a big thing, but I also, I also like the, there's two points on it. Like, I, I there's a guy that's a member of the gym and he works mental health on the north side, and he says the the rise in mental health is uh, in issues with men being at home. They can't hack it. They can't function. They need like because men are not women and women are not men. They're like they're they're wired differently. They need to be out of the house. They need something to be to keep them moving. So he says a lot of the a lot of the issues that he's dealing with, his team is dealing with, is men that are not functioning. And because they're not functioning at home correctly, it's impacting the kids. And like, there's abuse issues. And the the, uh, the and like you said earlier, it's, I, I think a lot of make or break a relationship. Like I know that my son and Susan are pretty much looking forward to me going back to work full time next week. They've never had me at the home. I've been off for a month. They've never had me at home so much. I I think I, I'm wearing thin on them. <laughs> so I was like, get back to work. Um, but obviously not as much as I I would have used to. Uh, but I think that's uh, the social aspect. Like you said, is 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 crucial. We're social creatures. We need to we need to talk to people. We need to interact. Um, it's how we operate. And then, but I know, like there was uh, something that was I read where. Students that did sixth year going into first year because they haven't had a full first year are too anxious about going to second year because they can't, they haven't had that time to settle in. And now they're going to have to settle in in a year where there's another whole group of kids coming in younger than them. And that's just making them all pimped up and they doesn't like it's, it's going to create even more issues. Um, and trying to figure that out and dealing with that. Um, I think that like there's, like, we, like you said there's a, there's positives and there's 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 negatives and you're, i suppose for for me I've seen a lot of positives out of the pandemic for me personally but then I know that there's a lot of stuff to come that mightn't be so positive uh for our society but again i, I suppose it's a it's a double-edged sword because as you said there is positive people are getting to work at home more they're realizing they're not they don't need to be in that rat race or on the hamster wheel as much. Um, so yeah, I, I, geez, I think I don't know. I, I can't even answer my own question. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a good point you made about about men as well. You know, because like I think as as in general, like as men, we maybe haven't been we haven't been shown how to or encouraged to to sit with things and to you know deal with emotion and to express emotion and to to be in that you know and we spend a lot of our time you know what what we do as men we like bury it down and you know keep plugging on and like that's a very functional thing you know you see when you're having a, a kid or uh, when you're when your wife is pregnant or when you, when your missus is pregnant that uh, like in a lot of ways you have to just like right I'm, I'm tired i'm wrecked or whatever but you're not you're not the priority now you know i mean yeah you, so there's a function in that, you know, that's a very functional thing. And the same, like me and Eva had a loss, like we, we lost a baby just after the summer. And, you know, the same thing was true. Like she was going through, like we were about going through this, this thing, this horrible thing, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a very like physical thing for, for her. Um, yeah. And that I like, could see the functionality in that ability to kind of like, okay, like I'm feeling all this stuff, but there's another priority here. You have and to. Yeah. yeah and that's like it's a very functional thing but i think it, it works against us as well so in times like this when men are being forced to sit at home and mm. everything is like stopped and all of a sudden you know you can't distract yourself from these impending issues that yeah. are, are there and yeah i think that's very difficult but ultimately i hope that it will spark a, a change you know and that people yeah. You'd be forced, it's men especially to look at to look at these things, and everyone as a whole, um, and to make some positive changes out With that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, um, like I, 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 totally get you. Wait, obviously, and again, I, I, I'm sorry for obviously what happened with you and Aoife. We, we had similar things there a year ago, and that was it was, it was happened with us twice, and we kind of gave up on trying to trying to have a kid then and um the first this was the first the second one was the hardest on me the first one was kind of like okay all right we gotta like i gotta protect susan that was my thing the second one i think she had to kind of protect me because i i i just couldn't understand why why this was happening and then the more i it's, it's kind of one of those things, unless it happens to you, then you, you hear about a lot of, uh, you hear about other people that's happened to and more people, like I wouldn't generally speak about it, like only for you mentioned it, then I feel more comfortable speaking about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, you as a man, I suppose you have to, you just kind of have to knuckle down, like, and you'll, you'll experience this in the, in the labor world. When you're you're the man and you 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 just keep quiet and do what you're told. <laughs> you're it. <laughs> you're <later. laughs> like the biggest lemming, just like yeah. Give me some water, okay. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, as uh, whatever you need, like uh, the nurses. Can you move over there? Yep, 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 yep. Whatever, was, because you just like there's nothing you physically can do. And then what they're going through is was oh, it's, I never want to experience
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, it's an amazing thing. Like, it's even mm-hmm. already, like, you see this whole side of, of the male-female, like, interaction yeah. where, like, as men, we want to fix things, you know, we want to, like, be practical about it. We yeah. want to, like, you know, well, what can I do? What can I do? And, like, sometimes there's just nothing you can do except let nature take its course, you know? Yeah. Um, It's an amazing process. Like, it, it's... Fascinating, <laughs> and oh, like yeah. respect for for women that like goes through the roof. Like it's this whole other aspect of of your partner that you see. You know, it's, it's yeah. incredible. Like, yeah,
0: it's it's, it is. And I, I, I think, and I would have never thought of it, but women have to go through so much. And like again, like like you've experienced, I've experienced, and we've have. I'm sure we both have friends that have experienced the same things. Like. there's really the female body has to go and just completely evolve itself and (laughs) the 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 woman is taken along for the ride pretty much like and then you hear people's like oh well just suck it up or you're pregnant or you're not the first like and I used to joke with Susan was like you're not the first pregnant woman in the world like if she was given out I don't know like now I was joke like joking and stuff like that but um, it is a crazy. Like I used to say, it's not. It's not as bad as getting kicked in the bollocks. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd rather kick in the bollocks than have to go to birth.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. but its power, like, it's it's amazing. Love. It's mm-hmm. the, the female form, like it's something that is just like so beyond their comprehension as as men. It's just women yeah. all like it's it's incredible. It's amazing just to see. Oh, yeah, yeah this, it's this like it's it's a microcosm of nature of creation of this like this whole experience that we're living out. It's like a just being like right in front of you. You know, it's it's, it's wild. It's wild. It um, is.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I want to I want
1: to swing back to um, just we were talking about Manda, you know, and like this yeah. functionality of of pushing this stuff down and getting on with things and that's all great but i want to make sure that i um that i say that it's very important that you come back around to these things and that you deal with them you know because it's all great in the moment like it's very functional being able to suppress and to move forward and to support the people around you and that is a power in itself yeah it's very important that in the long term, you you come back and look at that stuff again, and that you deal with it, and that whatever way you need to talk about it, you need to get that stuff out there. So, if like, if there's men listening, that I'm not I'm not promoting, like just suppressing and moving on. It's like yeah. yes, there's functionality in that, but also it's so important that like if you want to be the best that you can be, if you want to support the people around you, if you want to you know be the best expression of yourself, that you have to come back to these things and yeah you have to look at them and you have to deal with them and you have to talk about them. And that's, that's part of our job as men and as humans as well, is that we have to, because that stuff never goes away. You know, if you bury it, it's, it's, it stays buried and it, it festers up to the top again at some stage, or it just suppresses a part of who you are, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to, reiterate that it's yeah. really important that we come back around and we, and we look at these things and we deal with them and we talk about them you know? and i
0: i agree like guys need to have a, a like there's there's less outlets for men but they need to like as you said you, you you have the capacity to endure and suppress and move on and kind of do that whole manly suck it up thing but you still need to kind of find an area to let it go somewhere else mm-hmm. and that was one thing i spoke to on another show was and his point was uh, it 's not weakness standing up and showing that you're not feeling good it 's not a weakness and he goes in fact, we need to change the mindset it's that that is a strength and it 's courage to be able to ask for help because you're so scared to ask for help and you're you're fearful of what the response will be, but generally the response is going to be like yeah, let's, like, if, you're, if your best mate came up and said something to you that was sincere, you would want to help him. Obviously, like, obviously, you know, lads rag on each other and stuff like that, like, the macho men and all this stuff. But, like, if someone came to me and was like, Stephen, like, I'm, I am I'm really don't know what's going on, then I would I would listen, you know? And like you said, a lot of, and it's not even, I suppose, and this is all coming from Niall, Niall was saying, it's not even that you have an answer for that guy, it's that, you're able to talk to someone and they're able to listen to you and that helps you kind of just process an awful lot of stuff um rather than just being don't say anything to anyone and be this stoic heroic, heroic man and uh, go into the fray
1: and all that stuff like well it's funny because that whole the whole hero's journey like thing which is you know becoming more popular again yeah um like we can get that twisted in our head because the idea of the hero's journey and the idea of like facing down your demons, is not like a physical act of going out and slaying. It's actually about an inward journey of looking at your own, the stuff you fear the most, you know? Yeah. Um, And for a lot of men, like obviously there's, there's shadow work involved in that, but for, for a lot of men that is emotion and uh, trauma and, undealt um, with feelings, you know. So really the most, the bravest, most courageous um heroes' journey that we can take is to step into vulnerability and emotion as men, especially, because that's where our biggest fear lies in being seen as weak or in being perceived as, you know, yeah, flawed maybe or, or vulnerable in some way you, do, do you know what i mean like so it's actually a superpower it's 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 a kind of paradox like in that the most courageous thing you can do is go and step into your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses and look at them and openly talk about them
0: well it's dealing with your it's addressing like i suppose in a, if you were to look at it from I don't know, like a training point of view just to make it easier for someone to understand. Is it, it's, if, you're, if you want to get stronger at something, you have to focus on your weaknesses. Exactly. And if you don't address your emotions and you don't address the fears that you have inside, then you're not addressing your weaknesses, which means you cannot evolve to be the person that you might want to be. And there's a, there's a great book I have for Jody. It's a Jack O'Willock book. It's called Mikey and the Dragon. And it specifically talks about the fear this eight-year-old boy has about taking on the mantle of his dad. who used to protect the, the kingdom from the dragons. And it's all about, it's okay to have fear. Everyone has fear. Everyone has doubts and insecurities. Uh, but when you address your fears and your insecurities, you become stronger. And then you're able to protect the town. And then the dragons are no longer these big dragons; they are small little dragons. And I read that book to Jody all the time. I think it's a phenomenal i I took a lot from it. <laughs> like it's a kid's book. Um, and I think that's a good thing to be kind of teaching, especially young young men, young boys, um that it is okay. And I think there is a bit of a turn in the in the world for kind of a younger generation I say our generation was a bit more harden up kind of things and you were military so you you would have kind of had that kind of thrown at you a little bit like kind of harden up kind of job and uh, sucking up buttercup kind of stuff um but i think the, our, the generation coming through the teenagers now there's a little there's more for them and then obviously is when my son's old enough to be more for him and that it is okay to show that type of side of you um, and that will help you grow into being a, a stronger person
1: well
0: said. I, I lose the train of thought a lot of times when I'm speaking. Like, we haven't uh, spoken once about reading.
1: <laughs> you did That's tweak crazy. something, though, as well, because we have this whole idea that, you know, um, I've heard people talk about like the idea of the hero's journey or these kind of Jungian or, or like Joseph Campbell type of um, archetypal things, you know, as these are inherently like masculine and male and they're part of the patriarchy or whatever but I think like it's just as important it's it's not a male or female thing actually like that the idea of the hero's journey applies to to male female anyone we all whether we're male or female still have that like obligation or need to step into those things and it's just that maybe it's a little bit harder in some regards but the challenge is different for different people you know so it's not necessarily like that it's just for young boys or it's just yeah. for men and um, across the board i think these mythological uh, these old mythological archetypes have so much value in them yeah. um, and i was read a lot of these stories as a kid you know my mom and dad were were really into like fables and stories and like, we didn't have a TV in the house. So I was read like, mm-hmm. you know, Odysseus and, uh, you know, Greek myths and Irish yeah. legends and all of that stuff. And even at the time, if you don't understand it, I think that the mythology, like the way our subconscious mind works, like the mythology in these stories, like embeds these kind of, uh, these laws nearly into our, into our subconscious, you know? So, um, I think reading these stories to kids, even though they might not like, make sense to them like, straight away, yeah. I think that stuff like stays with you forever. The, the, the points in these stories and the, the, the lessons in them are there. They speak to your subconscious rather than to yeah. your rational mind. You know? yeah. So there's value in it for everybody. Like, I'm reading this
0: book at the moment, Fingertips of the, the Gods, monstrous book. It's a questioning history,
1: all of history. Oh, this well, is all Graham these, Hancock, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My brother got Very me to in it. It's, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, whew, but um,
0: a lot of the gods were strong female types, mm. which like, and, and there's obviously Osiris. There's the, the ones you know about, and uh, but there's a lot of them that they don't, like I never really heard of, and just there's a lot of strong female. Uh, in in the book like obviously it's based off he's just questioning everything uh, but it's um yeah I, I i personally geek out on the gods the the fables all that stuff like we seen you know, a like uh, on the weekend we have seen an irish wolfhound and uh it was i was saying to my son it's like oh that's the the type of dog Kukulin killed with a slitter on his ball and all that and he was like what Obviously he's five, so he does he's never done Kukulin. Even Susan was like, sorry, what? I was like, Irish history, but me and my brother were like, Yeah, Kukulin, yeah. Like he's the, he became the 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 guardian of the king and all this, uh, the guard of the king and all this. And I was like, yeah, I love all that. And then Fionn cool all the the fighting the the boying and all those things. I love all those fables and <clears throat> um, stories. I think they they're great and they they're good legends and I like talking about heroes and heroes of men and heroes of women and stuff like that. I think it's 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 good there I, I, I enjoy them and I, I I think that you as you say you you take a lot from them your knowings to yourself that you're taking a lot from it about well, like, that story of Kukula, you,
1: you know, know it's about it's about honor and duty and it's about like if you, if you do something then there's there's a duty to follow it through You know, as so he kills the dog and it's the king's dog, and then he says. Like I'll become, I'll be your protector. I'll be your dog. Yeah. it's about it's about, I, uh, it's about fulfilling duty, and that yeah. you know, if you are honourable and you follow through, and and you try to right your wrongs, that good things will come of it. Ultimately, you know what I mean. Like that's the the essence of the story. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a great story. Like it's not just about a wolfhound and some legend killing it with a slipper. Like it's really <laughs> there's there's a deeper lesson in there. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like we, we, as you say like judy but like your actions have a consequence and then you honor the consequence of that and everything you do in life has a causality like no matter what you do there is an effect everything we do has an effect and owning that effect every time and taking responsibility and sometimes that effect is a really positive thing but sometimes we do stuff that will affect people in a negative way and then we have to own that and learn from it as well I think it's a big life lesson um that we, we like I try to instill in my son and even our, our youths that we work with we try to instill is that if you want to make a decision to do this then there's other actions that just things that you now can no longer do because of that decision and that choice you're making um I think there are big things for especially for well for everyone but for youths as well I think it's it's where I kind of want to kind of lead when we coach we don't just coach we educate both physically and mentally and like how to be a like good human being really is kind of the main kind of grassroots of what I'm trying to get at with, uh, with, with who I coach now um is that I don't care about if you're going to be the best athlete in the world I'd rather you be a good human being if you're going to be a shit human being and a great athlete
1: I don't know it's yeah, you know, playing play. the game right, isn't it? You know, like being a a, a um, like a humble winner and a, a a good loser. You know, in that yeah. like you play the game with integrity, and yeah. that's that's ultimately what gives you results in the long term. Is because it's not about winning the game; it's about like being the best you can be. You know?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's it. Right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to switch and actually go to the topic we said we'd speak about. <laughs> <laughs> See, we would have missed this. This wouldn't have been on the podcast. We would have started this conversation. <laughs> um, so, breeding work. Okay, so I've done. A bit, I've been getting into it. I just finished um, Dan Brule, Bre- 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 mm-hmm. uh, his book on breeding and the different types of breeding and. Um, and that 's why I kind of reached out to you because I know you, like i 've seen you and your videos do all different types of breathing for you firstly, where did it all start where you started really kind of it wasn 't just meditation you were actually mentally really thinking about breath work
1: um, so when i when I was after like maybe seven years in the army or something, I noticed myself getting like it's a pretty high intensity environment in there you know there's no room for there's no room for messing up there's no room for fucking up like so yeah it just becomes like it was a quite intense environment and I just i had never had any kind of like anxiety or I would never have considered myself like um stressed out in any way you know what I mean I think as you get older, maybe your perspective started to change and I started to notice that it was like. Yeah, so I was definitely feeling some anxiousness maybe and I wasn't wanting to go into work and you know, I was living for the weekend. And I started, but I can't remember where I found it, but I, I got this eight week meditation course. Um, and it's pretty, I can't remember the name but off the top of my head, but it's still going, it's, uh, it's still a pretty popular mindfulness course. I found for me, I couldn't, like, my mind was so overactive. Like, I always had a bit of, like, ADHD kind of brain anyway. And uh, I just couldn't kind of sit in silence. I couldn't, like, even bring myself to do other meditative practices. And I stumbled across, I think it was Andrew Wheel's little breath work piece. And I started, that was a way, like, I just started doing the breathing practice. And it was just a really simple, like, box breathing style thing, you know, and I started doing that as a precursor to the meditation I, like, noticed the difference, Just, like, with breath, the beauty of breath is that like, I can talk about it all day, but if we do a breath practice, you can feel the change in your nervous system, like, immediately, you know, it's like, it's such a potence, it's such a potent tool that. Uh, it can tap straight into your nervous system. So yeah, I started to use this little breathing practice and that was like the only way that I could settle myself down. And then after, after time, I was able to sit and meditate then, you know, um, without the breathing practice. And then I kind of drifted away from that for, for a little bit of time and um, I came back to try to meditate again. Like, this is what happens, you know, you start meditating and then you start feeling good or you start doing your breath work and your meditation, then you start feeling good. And then you drift away from it, you know. It's like when you're eating well, your diet's on point, you start losing body fat and, you know, you're feeling good and then you, like, go off the rails again because you forget what it's like to be at the other end of the scale. So that was happening, coming back and forth. And then over a couple of years, really, you know, as things would intensify, I'd get back into the meditating. Yeah, there was a point where I just... Lost all of that anxiousness that I was feeling in there, and I kind of was like, Whoa, this is like it was such a huge change that, um, I would get into like get into trouble, you know, in there, yeah. and i just find myself in completely calm yeah. in that situation and not feeling the the anxiousness that I had been feeling before, and it was like a game changer for me, you know. Yeah, and then somewhere down the line, I discovered him half, and I started getting into the Wim Hof stuff and you know the cold water and, and the Wim Hof stuff is really intense you know and I'm just curious then so I started to, to, to look in what else is out there you know because this isn't the only mm. breathing technique and I just started to to educate myself a little bit more and look into all of the different practices because there's so many different breathing practices out there in so many different styles from yoga to butago to Tumo like mm-hmm. the, there's there's so many different styles but there's there's too many ancient styles of it that go back so far that for it to be for it to be something that doesn't work you know what I mean there's, there's too many Uh, stories of ancient breathing techniques that are still held up to this day from yogic pranayama to whatever it might be like these are traditions that go back thousands of years yeah um and then I stumbled across the Art of Breath, who were I don't know if you remember Brian McKenzie, who was um, Power Speed Endurance, right? So they, they were like a CrossFit, they were CrossFit Endurance originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started following Brian McKenzie in, in CrossFit Endurance, and I was really interested in all of that kind of barefoot running stuff. And they um, then started the Art of Breath eventually like a couple of years ago, maybe six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And they kind of moved away from CrossFit completely. And uh, they went on this kind of journey of exploring all of these different techniques and putting together what was like similar across the board from yoga to Tumo to Butego and what all of these things had in common. Um, And then we started to see a lot more studies coming out about breathing. You know, there's lots of studies out there now, but like a couple of years ago, maybe there wasn't so many. Yeah, the study started to be, to be done on it and what people were feeling and what we were feeling was being like scientifically proven. And now like, we understand so much better what's actually going on with the breath. And that it's...
0: Yeah, I think, I think like, that's it got, like you, your kind of introduction to it was so, like I tried meditation before and when I tried it originally, it was I was trying to not think of anything which is completely ridiculous because you just have to let it kind of all just kind of happen. And that's what infuriated me because I was like, this is stupid. And then it was the Wim Hof method that kind of got me focused on it. And then I did, I've done that for a few years and I do it from time to time. I don't do it as much as I would have done it a few years ago. And then and um, then just spending 10 minutes just focusing on breathing in and breathing out and then nasal breathing box breathing is what i'm kind of doing now i do 10 minutes of box breathing a day i try and go from start with five seconds up to 10 seconds holding uh over a 10 minute time frame and i've been doing that since january and i notice on the days that i miss i feel a little bit more pumped up a little bit more stressed out and then i have to get it done I've even tried to start doing it um, because the last three weeks, obviously, we're up at night feeds. When I'm feeding Riley, I um I, I only uh, nasal breed, oh, yeah. just because you're like I'm losing sleep, I'm exhausted, and trying to do that thing. But the other aspect that I've seen, and I've read your man's book, the, the, the different types of breeding technique, because one was like, oh well, I've heard people say don't do Wim Hof because you, and then I've heard people say. <coughs> um, box breathing isn't as important as this type of breathing. And it's like, obviously, you're you're biased to a specific way of breathing, but they all have their benefits, their cons and pros, depending on what the outcome you are looking for. But one of the things that um, I did find was when it comes to just centering your head, the... Spending 10 minutes with yourself and just focusing on breathing is huge. And I've seen you do, like, I haven't, I've never tried that that weird thing you do with your ribs, like that diaphragmatic yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm slowly dipping my toe into this. Um, and you, you do a bunch of different do you, Do you alternate what you do depending on how you feel on the day, or do you kind of have a schedule for it?
1: I right now. Like now, what I do is I wake up, I sit down, I close my eyes, and I feel what I'm feeling like, you know. And some days, some days my mind is flying, you know, and this is a good sign that your nervous system is ramped up and that you've got like some high par- uh, high sympathetic kind of, you know, stuff going on. And in that case. I bring it down with, with a slow piece, you know, and some days I'm feeling tired and I bring it up with with a uh, kind of more Wim Hofy style, 10 uh, fast breathing thing, you hmm. know. And, like, the, f- the funny thing about breath, it's like you said, there's not one breath practice. Like, this is the problem with, like, I love Wim Hof. I love, like, obviously, he's an absolute legend. Like, the chap is a hero. Um, and I love that, people are breathing you know that's the forcing. that's that's great but that that Wim Hof method is one type of breathing it comes from Timo which was like a Tibetan breathing practice and it was all about creating heat because these uh, monks that were living up in the the high passes in, in Tibet were freezing all the time you know so they would do all of these practices where they go out into the snow and they lie in the snow and they use the breath to create heat within the body so what we see with Wim Hof is that it's actually like uh, it's a sympathetic style of breathing so it it ramps up our nervous system it's an energizing thing and actually what we think is going on or what people think is going on with Wim Hof they haven't fully figured this out yet but it's a stressor to your body so it's like doing a set of heavy deadlifts you know if you go and you pull five heavy lifts it's not like right then that you're making the gains it's like your body's adapting to this over time yeah and this seems to be what's going on with wim hof and that it's actually quite stressful on your body and it kind of ramps up your sympathetic nervous system and that you adapt to this over time you know and um, but that's like a long-term thing but then i've seen people that do wim hof for a long period of time and um, get some kind of adverse side effects from it like there's tinnitus and like there's some weird stuff that's happening to people but this is the problem with how our brains work it's like it's like the more intense the better we always gravitate towards the intense yeah. thing because it's easier for us especially now because we're so disconnected from ourselves something that's really super intense like that just helps us to separate from the mundane everyday stuff and the ground into the moment so it's a great thing for like bringing us into the moment but it's super intense so it's like training. The more intense something is, the more you have to treat it with respect and um, because it's potent, you know what I mean? So you could like doing Wim Hof every day without fail or three times a day like, yeah. is probably not a great idea because if you're already stressed out, and this goes for like training and life in general as well, like the more stressed out we are, the more ramped up we are, and um, we're just adding more stress yeah. In pile, you know? Like if your nervous system is ramped up to the nineties from work stress and you just had a baby and all of this stuff, and then you're doing heavy deadlifts, you're doing sprint training, and you're doing Wim Hoff. It's like it's all just cumulative. Like your body doesn't treat stress in a compartmentalized way. Stress is just a big pile of stress, you know, yeah. and it doesn't differentiate between physical stress, emotional stress, work stress. You know all of these different things, so that's something that we have to bear in mind. And, and
0: that's that's because I, I I remember watching a bit as I think it's Peter McKinnon, no, not Peter McKinnon. He's uh, from Galway. He's uh, yeah, reading, yeah, yeah, McKinnon, yeah. So his stuff, and I remember him saying about the Wim Hof method, and he, he was he was kind of saying like, listen, it, it, it's a it's a stressor. And look at what you were saying; like, it, it gets you ramped up, and there is a benefit to it. There is a positive to it, but it's it's one way and like, like you said it's only one variation of it and there's a lot more to it even that book i read by your man dan burleigh is like there's a 21 day challenge where you do uh, 21 different types of breeding over 21 days um which is just an insight into it, obviously because you need to kind of do the practice more and more um but one of the like one of the things that i I've only recently done, I started doing it because I've seen you do it. And now I don't know whether it's because my phone knows that I'm doing it. I'm seeing a lot more people on my feed do it. Is the nasal running. And I've seen you do it before. And I remember I tried it once on a rower or something like that. I was like, fuck, guys, stupid. I'm not fucking doing this shit. It's not everywhere. I was like, but then I was trying to sprint row nasal breathe, And I didn't really, I just seen your video. And I was like, weird stuff you do now like (laughs) but then i put a little bit more effort and time and then realized that when you start doing nasal breathing you don't try and push every element of your body you just kind of get through the motions and lonely recently i did um i did my first 3k nasal run and it was horrendous and I just wanted to go, (gasps) and then I did another one, and I wasn't about, and by the time I did a third 3K nasal run, and I was was deliberately running at a slower pace, it felt great, and when I seen you, um, I think you posted about uh, some guys doing nasal breathing in between sets, I I think it was last week or the week four, it was only a while ago, and I started that. And I had a, I had a pretty heavy session on Monday uh, for squats. And I nasal – three minutes of nasal breathing in between each set. And I woke up. I was expecting to be sore the next day. I had no soreness whatsoever in my body. Not one bit. I was tired. Um, obviously, my nervous system was tired. But no soreness. But I was expecting to be raw, like my hips and my knees and stuff to be wrecked. But just doing those little things. And, like, I've, I've kind of – most of my kind of breathing – I suppose motivation has come from your like what I've seen you do. Now I might see it the first time I go, "What's he doing now?" And then I go, "Okay, uh, if he keeps doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have a look at it and see what's it's going." Um, how was? When did you get into kind of training nasal breathing? And what was the?
1: What are the benefits you've seen when you do it for you personally? So the nasal breathing thing is like, we can talk, this is funny. Like I'm talking about people gravitating towards the more extreme things, you know, and like you jumping on the roar and trying to do a sprint while you're nasal breathing is just a classic example of it. But ultimately like it's a very misunderstood thing. And the single greatest breath practice that you can do, the thing that you'll see the most benefit from is closing your mouth and breathing through your nose. Um, 90% of your day, like anything below an anaerobic effort, so anything below, uh, you know, basically sprints or heavy lifts, anything below that, really anything that you want to be aerobic, which is like sleeping, walking, sitting on the couch, running a marathon, these are all aerobic things you should be breathing to your nose. Um, and there's, there's lots of reasons for this, Like, but um, the problem that a lot of people have with, with nasal breathing is that they haven't been doing it, you know? And we see this, like, there's an epidemic of mouth breathing now, um, and it's, changing. it's changed, like, so many things from our, like, our actual physiology to our emotional state to the mechanics of how our... Structure of our faces built and how the structure of our body is built, and so uh, uh, there's a lot. There's a couple of different aspects to it. In terms of training, basically, if you're breathing through your nose, you're aerobic. You're burning fat. You know this has been tested now. The minute you open your mouth, you swing from like eighty percent fat burning, twenty percent carbohydrate burning. When you open your mouth, it swings the opposite way. So it's like seventy percent carbohydrate. 30% 30% um, fat burning. And that's just, if you were doing the exact same activity, breathing through your nose and then breathing through your mouth, that's how it swings the energy systems, right? So our energy systems are on a sliding scale. We're never purely aerobic. We're never purely anaerobic. Like we're never purely burning fat or purely burning sugar. It's a sliding scale. But how we breathe changes the physiology of how energy is produced within the body, you know? Yeah. Um, so simply breathing through the nose, it, like there's so many people out there doing aerobic training and they're breathing through their mouth. Um, and this is why we need gels and this is why we need like jelly beans and sugars while we're running because you know yourself that you only store, you know, a certain amount of sugar within the body. Like you only store a certain amount of glycogen. I think it's like 2000 calories or something like that. and um, Whereas like the average, the leanest individual in the room, someone at 5% body fat has 70,000 calories of fat stored on their body. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is our long-term energy system. Um, and the other thing about it is that it's a clean fuel. So fat is our cleanest fuel. When we start get going glycolytic or going up into high anaerobic, it's a very dirty fuel. So I think it's like using your rocket fuel to, to go... You know, drive around the city. It's like using your nitrous to drive around the city. It's a dirty it's fuel and there's a lot of waste products that have to be taken out of the body from that. So that's what makes it harder to recover from these things. So there's a couple of things going on with the nose. Like when we breathe through the nose, we release a gas called nitric oxide into the air that we're breathing in. And this is a vasodilator. So it, It dilates all of the bronchial pathways. It makes it easier to breathe. It dilates the nasal passages, and it also increases perfusion in the lungs. So it allows the blood to sit higher up in the lungs, and this increases oxygen uptake by about 30%. So just by closing your mouth and breathe through your nose, you're opening all your nasal passageways. You're opening all your, your bronchial passageways. You're increasing uptake of oxygen by about 30%, you know? Um, And the, the real juice of it, and this is kinda sounds counterintuitive, but it slows your breathing down, okay? So providing restriction to the breath and breathing less is the goal. Because the more we breathe, the more we exhale the carbon dioxide out of the body. Carbon dioxide is a byproduct of work. It's also a byproduct of stress. So anytime we're stressed, whether it's physical, emotional, or whatever it might be, we're producing carbon dioxide. And the more we breathe through our mouth, the more we just exhale this carbon dioxide. This changes the chemical structure within our muscles. So we need a certain certain acidity within the tissues in order to allow the oxygen that we have in our blood to jump from the blood into the tissues to create energy. When we exhale all of our carbon dioxide, when we're continuously <sighs> panting out the carbon dioxide, we're not holding on to any of it. And it's essential that we hold on to some of that carbon dioxide to create the right acidic environment within the tissues to allow the oxygen to jump across. So if the carbon dioxide levels in our body are actually too low, we can't get the oxygen out of the blood into the tissues. And what we have then is anaerobic energy production because we can't get the oxygen over you know to 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 burn the fat to create fuel in a in a oxidizing the fat kind of way so um, when we breathe through the nose we slow the breathing down we retain some of that carbon dioxide and this creates the right acidic environment in the body for oxygen to get into the tissue so carbon dioxide is actually more important than oxygen is in terms of energy production, like we have enough, like you see, free divers, yeah, we have enough oxygen in our blood to last 20 minutes, 25 minutes. What really um, makes you want to breathe is not a lack of oxygen, that panic feel when you hold your breath, it's not a lack of oxygen, it's the buildup of carbon dioxide in your body. Um, and it, we have receptors in our body for levels of carbon dioxide we don't have any receptors in our body for levels of oxygen so when we exhale all of our carbon dioxide all the time through our mouth (sighs) our body gets used to a very low level of carbon dioxide so these receptors are like super sensitive think of it that way they become used to a very low level of carbon dioxide in the body so any little spike in carbon dioxide makes us like (gasps) straight away we're trying to get that carbon dioxide out so what you get when you're doing a breath hold like even in Wim Hof, when you, you go through your cycles of breath and then you hold your breath, you're allowing that carbon dioxide to slowly build up in the body. And this desensitizes the chemoreceptors that we have in our, in our arteries and our veins to allow more carbon dioxide to stay within the body. Um, and this then allows us to create the correct acidic environment for oxygen to get into the tissues.
0: Yeah, Is that, that, that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does because it's there's a just there's a few, there's a few things. Um, one was that I, your man uh, the, the the book that I, the, I read on that with uh, your man Dan uh, Berle, Berlou mm. yeah Berlet. Uh, He was saying when you're doing the the breath hold stuff, and I remember I remember going for my first four minute Wim Hof, and I'm like, mm. I, like because I had ten seconds and I, was, I wasn't going to quit, and that. He said, "When you when you did that, you literally defeated everything about the reason why you were doing breath training." Now I was going like I had a, a, a it was a time goal. I was like a four minute breath hold, amazing. But he was saying to to train that. Don't wait for that kind of when you when you start feeling that kind of that kind of pressure. That's when you relax it and then you build on that. You don't. It's like I suppose you don't go to max effort every time you do it because like if you try to max your deadlift every day. You're not going to get better, um, so you, you go with lighter volume, lighter weight, and same with lighter when you're your breath training your lighter uh, work. The other thing that um, I found, and I suppose I don't know if you found this or you probably went into it with a, a, a more education on it, is that when you're nasal breathing, um, you need to understand that you need to bring it all back down because you're training a whole, you're training a system you haven't used. It's like you don't exercise for six months and then you, you go in and do a two-hour session. The next day, you're going to be in a kink. Uh, and if you're going to train nasal breathing or if it's something that you're going to add into your fitness regime, you got to, like, if you run a 25-minute a 5K, you got to be running probably 30-minute or 32-minute 5K when you start out nasal breathing. and be happy with that uh, rather than trying to push your times. Um, so w- when you were doing it, did you, did you start out like that? and learn, or did you just go
1: hammer-thongs? Not yet. Like the, the what you have to remember about this, this is that you think you've been running aerobically for you know, your whole life, and mm-hmm. then when you close your mouth and start breathing through your nose, all of a sudden you're feeling this buildup of carbon dioxide, and carbon dioxide induces panic in the body. You know so this is this panic feeling this is why people hate um nasal breathing when they first start yeah. but the ego has to be parked what you have if you remember this point is that the point where you have to open your mouth and start breathing through your mouth because the effort is too high that is your aerobic threshold so that is the point where you are switching from fat burning to sugar burning. So. The the idea with nasal breathing is to pull it all back because we have to. We've been breeding wrong for a long time, so I would say get rid of all the timers. Like I got rid of everything. So when obviously I had that period of you know trying to push, trying to push, and then understanding it more, it's like you have to just pull right back, and it's it's about spending more time in that aerobic zone. And this is what helps you to increase your tolerance for CO2. Mm. And the more your tolerance for CO2 increases, the faster you'll be able to push while still breathing less, you know? So breathing through your nose is about actually slowing your breathing down, like I said earlier, and breathing less. So you'll be able to push harder over time and maintain a lower pace of breathing and this is a much better indicator of aerobic versus anaerobic than heart rate is because your heart rate can be very low Mm. um, and you can be breathing through your mouth and you're anaerobic do you know what I mean but if you just have to slow that pace right down and let your nose guide the pace so let your nose guide your toes you know take your time close your mouth and run at the pace that allows you to maintain nasal breathing Um, and in that way over time you're going to increase your threshold you're going to increase that aerobic threshold and as you push the aerobic threshold higher and higher and higher it means that you can push harder and stay aerobic Mm. and then when you need your glycogen when you need that anaerobic burst, when you need to kick into a sprint or a heavy lift or whatever it might be. And in terms of like functional fitness or CrossFit, you know, this stands as well is that you have that glycogen, you have that rocket fuel in the tank. So mm-hmm. when you need to go for a burst up a hill or whatever it might be, you can boom open them out, <laughs> you can get it. And then you can bring yourself back down again. Yeah. And it's about managing your energy systems. So, when we're just hammering tongs uh, and we're just pushing and just melt breathing all, all the time, all the time, we're never managing the energy systems. We're never dipping in and out of these different energy systems, you know? So I'd say for people like, yes, do your, your slow running, you know, let your nose like guide the pace, park the ego. That's the, that's the first step. And over time that pace will increase and you'll learn to manage your energy systems better but even more than that, pay attention to how you're breathing day to day, moment to moment, check in on your breath throughout the day and make sure that you're breathing through your nose rather than through your mouth. Because this, the more time you spend in that, whether it's doing your warm ups, you know, if you're warming up for, for a workout, try breathe through your nose. If you're walking down the street when you're cycling your bike, these things that aren't necessarily training things, um, this is when we want to be nasal breathing as well. And if you can get to the point where you're doing, you know, 90% of your stuff nasal breathing, then you're going to be in a much better place than if you're nasal breathing for a five K and yeah. killing yourself and then just mouth breathing the rest of the day, you know? So no, little fine. things that you can do when you're walking, close your mouth, breathe to your nose. When you're cycling your bike, when you're warming up for your training sessions, breathe to your nose, um, and the great thing about nasal breathing with training is that it's much lower impact on your body. Mm. So like you say, you're in much less pain because there's much less waste products, there's much less damage going on in the body, you know? So the more you can push that threshold higher and breathe through the nose, the easier you're going to recover from your training sessions, um, the less time you're going to have to take in between. But then on top of that, you know, the, this branches out into your mental state as well so like the like i'm pushing on a little bit here but the the nasal breathing engages your diaphragm more so when we give that bit of restriction it makes our diaphragm work more and, and the diaphragm has the vagus nerve passing straight through and the vagus nerve is like the link for our body directly into our brain. So it's connected to every major organ in the body and it's connected directly into our brain. And it's, it's literally is our, our nervous system. And the vagus nerve is what allows somebody who is uh, like paraplegic say, or has broken their back, it allows their organs to still operate. And it's, con- it's a two way street. So it's constantly taking data from organs, taking data from the diaphragm, taking data from the lungs, feeding it back to the brain. And this is a two-way highway that's going on. So how we breathe, if we're breathing fast, it's stimulating and agitating the vagus nerve. And this is passing the signals back to the brain that we are in a fight or flight state, you know, and that there's something going on out in the world that's causing a panic response in the body. So it's a a two-way system, but they call it the autonomic nervous system, which means it's automatic, but actually through the breath, we can communicate directly with the nervous system. So when we slow the breathing down, it slows that diaphragm and it calms the nervous system and it brings us back down into a parasympathetic state. Um, And we're so stressed now like that, like stress is the big thing now, you know, everyone's so stressed that if we can, it's all about reducing stress levels, calming the nervous system, um, as well as the physiological side of that, like energy exchange that's going on within the tissues. Mm. The emotional mental state is this whole other aspect to it, you know, and that's why we can do a breath practice where we do slow exhales and like exhales are parasympathetic because it calms the nervous, it calms the vagus nerve. And this is how we can actively control our mental emotional state and bring ourselves down out of a stressful situation or we can breathe fast do a Wim Hof or do a fast nasal practice that will ramp us up and bring us up into a more energized state and this is the real juice in this is that the breath gives us access to the nervous system and allows us to make changes in real time on the fly as we choose and as we need you know
0: yeah, so, I, this I like is the that. real power in it. I like that. If you're watching this on YouTube, just go back and watch when he said the juice. You could see the excitement and you can show that <laughs> this guy loves what he's talking about because you could see the excitement in your face when you're making <laughs> that last little comment. And also, uh, have you noticed, if you're watching this back, have you noticed? Because I've been nasal breathing the whole time, not consciously just because you're saying it i'm automatically doing it and i noticed it there a while back when i had to take a deep breath and i got that slight restriction i was like oh i'm fully like i'm fully nasal breathing subconsciously like because we're talking about it um if someone is watching this and they've never done it but they're interested about getting some would there be kind of a five or six minute drill to get them started that you could kind of throw at them now you want to do it now? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, just something like uh, something that they could do for five to six minutes. so Scott if 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 you have something that you could you could do with
1: them. <clears throat> yeah. So like there's uh, there's basically three different aspects. Yes, right. We have calming breaths or down regulating breaths. We have up regulating breaths. That's for energizing, waking us up. And then we have balance and breath in the middle, which is, you know, for balancing the mind. So this would be like a box breathing where we're doing an equal inhale, an equal Mm -hmm. exhale, and we're taking a pause at each end. This is like a very balancing breath. And probably the best, if you're unsure of what to do, a balancing breath is probably what you need to do. You know, like it's better to do something that's going to balance you than it is to do a down-regulating practice when you're already tired or an up-regulating practice when you're already stressed. Um, so, and it, like at a very basic level, the box breathing technique is, you know, one, it's one of the most researched breathing practices and um, it's not super sexy, you know, everyone wants to gravitate towards the sexy stuff. And mm. I can give you a more sexy practice in a minute if you want, but at its most basic level, and um, box breathing is a four-second count it's a four-second inhale you're going to hold for four seconds with an inhaled full lungs you're going to exhale for four seconds and you're going to hold for four at the bottom with exhaled lungs and you're going to continue in that cycle and um, if you find that a little easier if you want to push that on a little bit you can start to extend that into a five-second inhale five-second hold five-second exhale and so on um, and you can play a game, you can you can keep extending that and see how far up the chain, up the ladder you can get, you know, and still stay calm. And the great thing about box breathing is it's kind of ticking all of the boxes. Yes. It is kind of like we're getting we're getting a nice controlled, and this will all be nasal breathing now. So a nice controlled nasal inhale. And um, we're getting the hold at the top, which helps us with our apnea, with with increasing our oxygen inf- efficiency. We're getting a nice slow nasal exhale and the hold at the bottom with exhaled lungs is helping to increase our tolerance to CO2. So it's going to help us to tolerate the carbon dioxide in our body better, to hold on to it and to have better like energy exchange within our tissues, I suppose. And when you do that from anywhere to three minutes is enough to feel a change, you know, five minutes is good you can go seven eight ten minutes you know as long as feel good feels good for you but like three minutes is enough to change your emotional mental state and to change your physiology within the body this stuff happens quickly like you know and the breath is a direct in straight into the physiology and straight into the nervous system and if you want something a little bit more sexy than that you can do what we call the step-up protocol. So this is from the Art of Breath, and this is a really nice, effective one to energize you, but then just to calm the nervous system down again and kind of level you off. So the way this one works is you take just through the nose, three to four normal inhales and exhales, and then you're going to go into like a Wim Hof style, um, what we call a hyperventilation. So we'll be... That's through the nose. So if if you can't breathe through the nose, you can do that through the mouth also. For 20 to 30 breaths, at the end of your last breath, you're going to do a long exhale. And hold at the bottom of the exhale for about 20 seconds, maybe 25. Again, if you feel like the panic rising earlier than that, that's your point where you start to breathe again. Then you go back into your three to four normal breaths. Then you go 20 hyperventilations, (laughs) hyperventilations, <laughs> exhale long at the ends and hold your breath again. And you know, about three to four cycles of this, it'll take you about five minutes probably.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and that's a great one for like ramping you up because the, the hyperventilations when we breathe fast like this, it stimulates the nervous system. It gets us ramped up But that nice hold when we exhale and hold, that brings the nervous system back down. And it helps increase that CO2 tolerance again. So that's that's a really nice practice. I uh, use that a lot with clients, you know, before training. Yeah. Um, the step-up protocol is a great way just to warm up your whole pulmonary system and get you ready for whatever your, your activity might be. It's also a great one in the morning, you know, just to get you energized but mm. keep you balanced. Because if you go too deep, this is why we're breathing through the nose and not breathing through the mouth. Because if I go into like a mouth-breathing Hyperventilation, <sighs> like it feels really woo at the time, yeah. but um, it's actually quite stressful on the body. So, you, if you're, see, everybody's different, you know, it, it's like training, everybody responds differently to this stuff. So, if you're already like ramped up, if you're already someone who's like lives in a high stress kind of uh, mentality or a high stress physiology, then the danger with that stuff is that you're going to push yourself you know, higher and higher into that stressful state. And it's it's about balancing and managing. And really the state we're in, if we're stuck in a high stress state, we want to be able to move down out of it. But if we're yeah. lethargic, we want to be able to move up. And this brings us to another point, which is it's, it's not about, like stress is a big problem now, but it's not about eradicating stress from your life because we need... To be able to access our energized states, we need to be able to access that parasympathetic nervous system when we want to, you know, do a heavy set of deadlifts, or we yeah. want to run a sprint, or when we need to run away from a saber-toothed tiger, or also when we need to, you know, do a podcast, or give a talk, or a seminar, or do a presentation at work. Like, we, this is a useful state; it's there for a reason. So, the real goal is not to eradicate stress and to just be in a low stress environment all the time the real goal here is plasticity in the nervous system to be able to transition nicely from high stress when we need it and then be able to come down out of that into a parasympathetic low stress yeah. state again and transition nicely like as animals in the wild do you know they have access to this they mm. can you know full sprint run from a predator and then two minutes later they're you know, having a snooze or they're eating grass and they've forgotten all about it. But as humans, we are, you know, our prefrontal cortex and we are ego and with all this stuff going on, we tend to get stuck in states. And I think that's the biggest problem now is people end up getting stuck in a high stress, anxious state or they end up getting stuck in a low, lethargic, depressive state. And really what we want to do is liberate people's nervous systems and allow them to fluidly move from one to the other as needed you know and that's like a healthy nervous system a, a plastic nervous system is the new sexy six-pack you know this is this is because when we're getting down to the root of things that helps you with everything across the board yeah, So yeah. you can train specifically in your in your weights or in your running or you can just like do your breath practice but ultimately it's about us having access to all of these different states within the body and allowing the nervous system to be healthy and to operate as it's supposed to. And the key mm-hmm. to that is, the key to us returning to that is the breath. So the breath is a tool that we can use to access the nervous system directly. Yeah. So it's powerful stuff, you know. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, the Art of Breathing is a course
0: that I've looked at. I'm, I'm currently on a course at the moment, so it's, a one, it's a one on my list that I want to get done um i'm actually uh i'm trying to get brian mckenzie on the show through a friend who knows him well um they said they'd hook me up i'm waiting on the hookup but like it's hopefully i can get him if i sign up to his course maybe he'll 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 he'll, uh be kind enough to jump on um but dude like this has been like i've i could talk to you for another hour or two on all this stuff i um i i geek out when i love it um but obviously we have to go out about our days and um do other stuff but um before we go uh for you personally like what what, what's do you have i know you're kind of you have your clients do you have any like your rewilding are you bringing that back are you doing all that stuff again or hoping to do it when things get back to normal or are you just kind of happy in your happy in your zen right now well like
1: this we were talking earlier about this uh, whole thing giving us space to step back and look at things and to to reassess how we're doing things and for me this has been in one way just a, a massive kind of gift because I've been like I've had this goal in mind for for years really like I've been manifesting this kind of project for years and it's coming to fruition now throughout this and it's like going to be launching very soon so um, the idea is that it's called Universal Space it's a a physical space we have a location it's it's ready to go and and it's going to be combining all aspects of, of human health. So bringing breath work, meditation, movement, training, in a container of community and tribe and, and stepping into art and stepping into um, bringing experts in and speaking in and to bringing gatherings together, whether it's through music or to sound healing and looking at all aspects of, of human health in mind, body, and spirit, you know? And like, it's funny because before I've, that word spirit has been a thing that I've like stepped away from a little bit because it sounds too woo woo, but I'm like fully stepping into this now. I've collaborated with like a team that are like, I'm so lucky. I'm yeah. honored to, to be collaborating with the people that I'm, I'm collaborating with. Some of the best storytellers, the best storytellers in the country, like uh, Collective Films are, are uh, uh, they're amazing crew of people. Um, we've collaborated with them, my friend and family, Mark, uh, Mark Logan, who's just a, a wizard of a person that that brings the best out in people and uh, yeah, we've collaborated on this project and to like I'm very, very, very excited about it. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be different than anything that we've seen. Um yeah, it's it's very, very exciting, you know. And it's something that I've tried to I know what I you know, you know what you want to do, but you don't know how to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> um and just um yeah, it's come together. It's come together over the last year. Um and like myself and mark have been in planning with this for like two years two and a half years yeah and this whole thing is is coming together now you know and we're just just ready to to open the doors now so yeah. um yeah it's exciting stuff it's uh it's a new thing it, it's undefined you know it's it's deliberately undefined and, yeah uh, i'm very very excited about it yeah so
0: no, dude. Like, I, I, I wish you all the best. And I'm sure people, if they're if they're not following you, you, I'll, I'll put your Instagram handle on 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 in in the link in the notes in the show notes, and uh, you can follow Jody Kennedy to see what's coming. Uh, and obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is, because um, it's always you when you speak about things, you you can hear the passion. In your voice when you speak and all you people tell you about projects you are doing and stuff that's coming up but uh what i've noticed with you and there's a few people that I've, I, I speak to um but when they tell me a story about their plans you can hear the passion and that kind of oozes out on the screen to me there so if you're that passionate about something you're definitely going to see It grow into what you want to be and as you say people like oh you came out of nowhere but you, you mentioned you've been doing two and a half years to get this to work uh getting this to where it is now and almost ready to launch so dude i wish you all the best with that um Guys, thank you for watching the show. Uh, again, thanks to my guest, Jody Kennedy, for being on the Live, Live, Play show. And if you like what we do, please like, share and subscribe because you know every time you subscribe, it makes my wife happier and we need a happy wife and a happy life. So, <laughs> um, but guys, thank you for being on the show.